0: Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio, powered by HMS Motorsport, the leader in motorsport safety, starts
1: now. Note to self, adjust headphone volume as needed prior to show. Welcome to Lead Lap as we get started with another week of motorsports conversation on Race Chaser Media, Race Chaser Radio, uh, Tom Baker and Nick Moncher in the WSIC Hello. studio here tonight. Uh, we lap, of course, presented by Victory Custom Trailers. They are located in Michigan, but we'll have you a trailer anywhere you are in the U.S. And we're going to tell you more about them a little bit uh, later on because They are great friends of ours, and we're really excited to have them as a part of our Race Chaser family. And uh, Nick, here on another Monday night, a couple of uh, guests lined up. This is going to be a fun show. Ryan Luza, who's won the last three NASCAR, eSports, Coca-Cola, iRacing, Cup Series uh, events, is going to be joining us. Ryan has also done quite a bit of racing in the seat. And um, so we're going to talk about all of that with him. He's a uh, young man out of Texas who is actually quite good at what he does. And then uh, in the second hour, we're going to talk to a guy that I'm really excited to talk to because I love unique stories. So uh, Bryce Hildebrand is going to be on the program. And Bryce is a NASCAR team member uh, with Ganassi, right? Chip yes, Ganassi, Chip Ganassi Racing, Racing. Right now. Um, and he's also a breeder or a raiser of bulls. He started... Uh, a bucking bull um, business, I guess you would call Checkered it. Checkered
2: flag bucking bulls.
1: Checkered flag bucking bulls, and uh, this this uh, is a, is an opportunity for him to raise bulls for professional bull riding. The PBR, yep. And so that's his second business. So we're going to talk. We're we're going to talk a lot of bull. <laughs> with Bryce in the second hour. We do that every week on the show. But, um, yeah, we're we're excited about this because, again, I love these unique stories and uh, it's going to be fun to talk to Bryce. Um, man, I don't even know how to start about where we are. Um, you know, I, I just got asked a little while ago, um, where do I think NASCAR will come back to? Is Charlotte going to happen? Is it not going to happen? What's going on? And, honestly... I don't know. Um, you watch Twitter and you hear things from your own sources. And I think tracks are all wanting the first race back. And some states are more or less cooperative. I don't get the feeling that Roy Cooper here in North Carolina is really much pro motorsports, sports, to be honest. Um, but we'll see how the lockdown works out. We're supposed to be done with that in 10 days on the 30th. But who knows? Um, and we've, you know, the teams have got to be able to get back to work before they can race.
2: Yes, they need to be made essential employees first. Which there has been several North Carolina local government associations yes. and members that have pleaded to the governor. I saw state Marcus, senators. the state senators, uh, Marcus Smith, the president and CEO of SMI, which owns Charlotte Speed Motor Speedway, actually wrote a letter to the governor as well. Um, asking that they, one, make NASCAR employees essential so they can come back in, even if it's in some sort of, you know, limited role, so they can start working on their cars again. And two, that Charlotte may race on the uh, Memorial Day weekend. He did ask for fans to be there, which I don't, see that happening but i don't either hopefully we can at least get the 600 in on memorial day um and if that doesn't happen you were talking before about how darlington has kind of poised himself to maybe be the first race which would have been all-star weekend
1: well and and i don't know again i saw that somewhere on social media and that's the other thing is everybody is hearing things but you don't know how much to take as gospel i saw it somewhere earlier the
2: darlington thing was on sports business journal okay so Adam. that
1: actually well okay because the source that I saw, I didn't, I recognize him as a source, not one of the top sources yes. though, not like a Pacris or, you know, um, an Adam Stern or whatever. And so I, I was going to mention Darlington, but mention it in a way that says I saw something on social media about Darlington. It
2: South Carolina is still in lockdown, and they're in a lockdown longer than North Carolina.
1: Yeah, because they, they just started. Yeah, they were they were the last ones to the dance floor, one of the last ones. Um, but they're starting to open up their beaches.
2: Yes, I saw their beaches can go up to local mayors and governments. And, uh, you know, they've seen very good progress through their short time of being in lockdown.
1: Yeah, So, I I mean, it's very Texas really wants it. Yep. Um, Governor
2: Abbott today announced that, you know, he would let Texas Motor Speedway have a race, I mean, uh, albeit with no fans. He did specify that. Homestead is. Homestead's been the same thing. They're,
1: Florida's trying really hard. Florida they, and
2: Texas have really I put Florida, it in a push. I think
1: Florida did make
2: nascar essential they did and then governor abbott's actually said that today he was going to do that so
1: so i again who knows and and as you and i were talking about offline before the show that it's one thing to decide where your first race is but one would think that before you went to your first race you'd have a you need to know where the next five out. are gonna right. be, right you, you at least for a because um obviously you don't want to be on off on off so uh i don't know i mean i i i've said all along i would not want to be the folks in charge of this at nascar um because we we get new information every day and it seems like we we head in one direction and it looks like well maybe charlotte can happen well i don't know roy cooper's kind of bullish or bearish on it um You know, they're all talking about testing if we're going to have fans. But even if we're not going to have fans, are we going to need to have testing? Is everybody going to need to get tested? Um, So there's a lot of logistics. I feel like there's a lot of things that, you know, obviously are sort of over and above what typically you'd have go on in a race that have got to go on in order to make this work um, anywhere. So... I, I don't know what to say. I It feels like it's closer than farther away. The problem is any of these other tracks that want it, we have to be able to get the teams back first. So we really don't know if that's going to happen until either A, um, Cooper decides to make NASCAR essential or B, 10 days from now, the lockdown either goes or gets extended and so it could be May 1st or April 30th before we know if we can even put teams back in the shops again.
2: Yeah, we need to get the teams back in the shops before we do anything else because we can't so, have a race without race cars.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you're going to do that. If, I,
2: then they got to take into account teams that aren't in North Carolina. There's still yeah. a handful of them, ThorSport up in Sandusky, Ohio. I think yeah. There's an Xfinity team yep. in Virginia, and they're on a lockdown until June You've 10th. you got so. uh,
1: J.D. in South Carolina, J.D. Motorsports. Yep. Um, you know you got a few you got a few teams that are elsewhere there's uh, Brandon Brown I think's up in Virginia Virginia, yes right Um, so there's there there are a handful of teams as you say that are outside of the state of North Carolina but it's just it it's crazy because I feel like a week ago we just sort of felt like we didn't have a clue and then now it's almost like you've got multiple tracks that kind of want to fight over the return race, because obviously that's gonna get huge ratings, yes. right? And and be a bonanza.
2: Everybody wants to be the first.
1: Yeah, everybody wants to be the first. The the problem is nobody can be the first until the teams can get back in the door.
2: Yeah. And like you said, there needs to be a second and a third and <laughs> yeah. a fourth. I mean, so, I mean all the way up to thirty-six. You
1: know, it's it I feel like a lot has changed and nothing has changed at the same time. The sum total of all of this is we still don't know when we're gonna go racing or where it might be. But at least maybe, maybe there's a little glimmer of hope. And at least you got some tracks that could be possibilities. But we got to get the teams back to work yeah. first.
2: I think the June schedule is what's really going to throw a curveball for, for NASCAR. Because it's all today. Sonoma said they definitely aren't going to have that race without fans. They don't know if they can even have it with or without fans, excuse me, and, um, if they can have it without fans. So there's there's a big question mark there. And then you have hotbeds of Chicago and Pocono, yeah. which is close to New York, that are in June. So that and Michigan.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, that's well, and some of those places, we we just don't know what's going to happen here. So it's, yeah, it's going to be, it certainly is a moving target. And I think that's what's made this so difficult. And of course, from the team side of things, you know, these guys have got to be able to get cars prepared. But some of these smaller teams, those guys haven't been paid for a month um or more and even some of the bigger cup teams i think it's been that way um you know how many of these people have gotten other jobs already
2: yeah i mean there's there's people out there doing all sorts of side work just trying to stay afloat especially on the smaller level but even at the bigger level and you know bryce will be able to talk to that because he works at ganassi and they were shut down before the state shut down because they were they were such a big organization
1: yeah i mean did he have his did he have the bowl business before Yeah, yeah he's had
2: that for just over a year i think now
1: okay so, you know, it's kind it's of, it's a it's just a crazy, fluid situation. And, oh, by the way, we did have another eSports NASCAR uh, Pro Invitational race yesterday from Richmond. And um, William Byron won it again. I mean.
2: Kid's on fire.
1: He is on fire. Well, you know, you wondered how long it was going to take.
2: Everybody thought he'd be right off the bat. Yeah.
1: And it took him a race or two, I think, just to kind of. But then boy, the last couple of races, he's just been almost unbeatable. Him and Timmy Hill are obviously the two best at this. I mean, if you look at consistency um, and they've been doing it a long time and they've been rivals a long time on it. And so it came down to the two of them yesterday and it really was a good finish. And I thought it, I, I don't, it, it was weird because I i thought that because they, they killed all the resets and wouldn't let any anybody get a reset I thought yesterday's race was much more enjoyable to watch because I felt like it was much more like a regular race. Yes. They weren't as overly aggressive and being silly and stupid. And yet I, I see some feedback on social media that maybe some people didn't like that. They liked it better when they were being a little more silly and stupid, which I don't really understand. because It doesn't
2: I, really make any sense. Yeah,
1: I mean, I... I Obviously, cautions are cautions, but I don't want people just driving people into the fence just because they can get a reset. That 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 doesn't make any sense. That makes it too much like a a game for me and not enough like a race. So yeah, I I actually thought it was a good race and and um, I love this. I love what they're doing. Um, it spawned about ten thousand other <laughs> iRACE series that that are going on now. Um, seems like there's three or four a night to choose from, which is I guess good. Um, but at the same time, uh, hard to keep up with, <laughs> Forces you to make choices. But uh, we'll talk more about all of that as we go forward here. Ryan Lewis going to call us in a little while. Back with more of the show right after this.
0: Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Ross has been a soccer ball ever since he's been in the uh, the new pro invitational iRacing deal. On some days, he's he's just been uh, kicked around like a soccer ball the last few races. Welcome back to me lap as we continue on a Monday night want to tell you real quick, just a little bit about Victory Custom Trailers before we bring Ryan Luz out here. Victory Custom Trailers is a trailer and coach dealership serving the Metamora, Michigan area, but they can get a trailer to anybody in the U.S. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand the needs of their customers But they're not just about racing. They can do any kind of trailer for any purpose. With over 200 coaches and trailers in stock, they are sure to have what you're looking for. And if you're looking for something more custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your specifications. You can reach them at 810-678-2727 or just go to their website, victorycustomtrailers.com. You can design your own trailer right from the website. It is that Kind of place. So uh, give Chris Hedinger and his staff a call if you need anything with regards to any kind of a trailer for any reason. With that, we go to the Strutmasters, the suspension experts, Strutmasters hotline, and say hello to Flying Ryan Luza. Hello, Ryan. Hey, thanks for
7: having me,
1: guys. Hey, it's uh, great to have you on the show. Uh, and You have been hotter than a firecracker on the 4th of July over the last few weeks in the NASCAR iRacing Coca-Cola series. Uh, Talk a little bit about that series for those in our audience who are uninitiated and talk about uh, how you're getting up there and winning all these races. Um, Well,
7: the NASCAR uh, iRacing Coca-Cola series is, the top 40 of the iRacers on the oval side out of, I think we have over 100,000 active members now. It's probably shut up a good amount with all this coronavirus going on, probably close to 150,000 people. But with the top 40 of us, we've raced um, very hard to get the top 40. Um, and we have to stay in the top 20 every year to stay in the series. Um, it's just, it's a ton of hard work that goes into running well, just like real life. Um, we probably spend 20 to 30 hours at least each week. Preparing for the next race, and that's not just wow. me. That's, that's a ten-man team of all of us putting in. A, maybe not quite that many hours, but there's so much more effort that goes in than it, than people would think, right? It's any. It's just like real life. There's so much behind the scenes that doesn't really get brought to light. Um, that that really makes us be successful, um, and have uh the success that we're showing here these last three races.
1: Now, there, I think a lot of that, you know, I think people tend to oversimplify it and they see it as a video game. They see it as a game, but it's actually simulation and the, the depth of the level of realism in terms of the adjustments that you can make on the cars and how the cars react to those adjustments is so similar to what goes on on the racetrack. Um, And in real life, that's why you guys spend all this test time, working on setups and such going forward, right? I mean, it. You know, I wanted to make that distinction because, like I said, I I don't think people understand that the you guys that are pro sim racers, just like any other professional esports gamer, if you will, it is still all those hours of time. And in, in in our in in your case, it's because of all of the things. You know, iRacing's done a great job of building in a lot of the adjustments you could actually make on the. On the real cars and so it's still the same process of testing and such.
7: Oh yeah, there's there's so much that goes into it. Most of the setup stuff goes over my head just like it does the real life drivers heads. You know, there's chiefs and engineers, you know, and they spend a lot of time dedicating helping us go faster, right? So big thanks to everyone at Five Star Racing that's really helped helped us be so fast this year. But there's so many changes. There's you know, you have to have the balance right for tire wear. If your car isn't handling right, you're gonna be super slow you have to have the speed in the setup you have to i don't know it's crazy we've already turned like i've turned over a thousand laps um in preparation for dover already and we're still over a week out um so there's just there's so much that goes into it um driver makes a difference we're having to save tires a lot with this new tire model that we have this year so it's, it's back in the driver's hands but setups are still very important um there's just so much that goes into it um it's really fun once you get into the service and you start understanding all of this, but from the outside in, like you said, you don't really see everything that it's a, it's a sim. It's, it's so, it's so detailed and just, it's a, it's a great simulation. It really is. I love it.
1: Now, the depth of competition in this league that you're racing in, I mean, this is the cup series level of I, I racing, you know, NASCAR, right? So, um, Man, to win three in a row, you gotta be you gotta be on it. And I think last week you didn't you come from 37th to first this last race. Oh yeah,
7: we uh had a slip up in qualifying. I was on a really really good lap, and I just completely overdrove into three
5: Oops. and
7: lost lost half a second. So stuff like that happens. Um, but we had a, we had an amazing car, um, made the right so pit strategy too. Everything in real life. We still have to do is we got pit strategy, two tire calls, got to keep the car clean coming from 37th and just being in the right spot at the right time. So yeah, just uh, the amount of speed to have to come from 37th is a huge testament to everyone over at Five Star Racing, Warren of Sports. But just being able to stay clean and um, being able to do that—it's it's such clean, it's such great racing that we can have to be able to. I mean, yeah, we have cautions and stuff, but being able to come from 37th to first without just getting caught in something is is a really big testament too.
1: Now, tell us a little bit about your background in the seat, because it, a lot of people, again, starting to start on the sim and then go to the seat. You actually started the seat many years ago, uh, and that's how you and I first met, and now you're, you've are you been on the sim a while, but um, tell us about your background in the seat and how you got started.
7: Um, just, uh, I think the family was always super, super involved in racing, um, family members been in into- sprint cars and just huge NASCAR fans in general. Um, and ever since I was little, I was, I was born and bred a NASCAR fan, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Dale Earnhardt, just diehard NASCAR. Um, and I always played the, I started playing the little racing games on the steering wheel when I was like two or three years old. And believe it or not, I'd actually, I'd actually beat my dad with the (laughs) steering wheel from three years old. So I think he knew there was probably some, some talent placed in me as a very, very young kid. Um, and he bought our first go-kart at five years old and we started go-kart racing at five. Um, and I think we won our first Duffy at, at seven. I think that was the youngest ever still to win the IKF national championship. Wow. Um, and that's where we met at Tunica, um, for all the indoor kart nationals and, and karting and stuff. And slowly worked our way up, you know, bandoleros, legends, and then late models at five flags finally. Um, Winning the Pro Light Model Championship at Five Flags Speedway, and then we 2016 we decided to make the the next step up to Super Light Model Racing, and the money just kind of ran out. It's, you know, it's so expensive to do it, um, and I kind of turned to I racing as my as my way back in. You know, just because I love racing, I don't want to be done. Um, and It is by far the next closest thing for me, and I, I love it.
1: It's uh, I, I'm sure it was hard to get out of the seat, but at least now that you have. The eye racing stuff—it's a way to keep your skills sharp, and you're still—you're only twenty-three, so you still have a little bit of time to maybe try to mount a comeback here. And uh, certainly, getting the notoriety from all the success in uh, the league that you're running in is—is uh, is not hurting you in that cause.
7: Oh no, I don't—I don't think so at all. Um, all the—all the publicity has been great. Um, it, it, there's a big distinction in real life in the sim, whereas you you don't have the you don't feel it, right? There's no D forces, you're not getting pulled around. But for me it's just the it's the race craft. It's staying it's staying sharp in your in your craft. You know, that's like that's the most important thing. It's not it's not about raw speed a lot of times when you're out there by yourself. It's about keeping that speed when you're racing around people and setting up passes, keeping your car clean. All that is the most important thing in real life. It's not just about raw speed. And that's what iRacing racing really really allows you to stay sharp with.
1: What do you see in terms of obviously having done both? I mean, you've, you've raced and you've also sim raced. If you were trying to explain to a fan how it is possible to get out of the sim and get into the seat and be successful, how would you explain that, that possibility and why that's the case?
7: I, think it's a, I, I really do think it is a big jump from no one that's been in a race car, honestly, because, because you don't have the feel. It's the the feel of going, you know, 100, 150, 160 mile an hour that you don't feel. Right. Um, but it is the, it's by far the next closest thing. Um, if you were to take someone with zero racing experience ever, throw them in a race car, and you take a person who's been on iRacing for 10 years and throw them in a race car, I guarantee. The person that came from iRacing is going to be miles and above faster than anyone without that experience. It's just, it's irreplaceable.
1: Sure. Yeah. And we saw, I mean, obviously, William Byron's the poster child. And now that we're back, uh, now that NASCAR is sim racing, we can see the results of that because he's, oh, yeah. You know, drivers like he and Timmy Hill, who um, really have spent lots and lots and lots of time on the sim, um, th- those are the guys that are coming to the top in these in these races now as as we continue to kind of move on through uh that particular series while we're waiting for the real stuff to start but you've you've definitely um you've done enough of both i think to to speak well to the um you know how much high racing really can prepare you uh and you know I'm sure that if you get a chance uh to get back in the seat again. Having spent all the time on the sim, you're going to be even sharper probably than you were before.
7: Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I just feel like i racing is. I mean, we know how expensive the real racing is, and I'm not yeah. knocking it or anything. But i racing is it's it's so much it's monumentally cheaper than going racing in a real car, and it's 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 so close to the to the real product, right? It's so close to the actual racing experience that you get for so much less fractions of the cost. And that's what, that's what I really love about it. You know, I can sit in my room and I can race as much as I want. There's no, you know, one race every month or one race every two weeks. You can race every single day, you know, and it's, and it's great.
1: We will uh, step aside here for a moment. Hang on, Ryan. We'll uh, bring you back on the track right around the turn. Back with more of the show after this.
6: Hey, this is
0: reed wilson and you're listening to race chaser radio now back to the show
1: welcome back big laugh continues here on well we're broadcasting live on the performance motorsports network pmn radio app and also on wsic daystar 25.2 in charlotte that is over the air tv and um, course where the show is available the day after so tomorrow which would be Tuesday in this case uh, the show will be available on demand anywhere basically where you get podcasts just search race chaser radio and oh by the way uh, you can find me uh, anywhere on social at race chaser media at race chaser media Facebook Twitter and Instagram. Nick Moncher is with me in the studio. Nick, the PR director from Venturini Motorsports. And on the phone is Ryan Luza. He's on the strutmasters.com race line. We'll bring Ryan back on the air here with us. And, um, Ryan, we were talking about racing versus seat racing, you might say, regular racing or real racing. Um, talked about a little bit about your background. Um, but, uh, you're from Texas. Now, uh, growing up at go-karts, where does one from Texas race go-karts?
7: Um, We had a couple local tracks. We had a track in Waller, Texas, in Huffman, Texas. Um, but really, I mean, we traveled a lot. We, we went to Daytona for the, the Card nationals there, Tunica, Batesville, um, the stuff on the east coast, the uh, Ikea. WKA uh championship, so i think i think most of our stuff was driving around um i think we had one trip it was it was absolutely crazy we went from houston to north carolina for nationals and then we went up to pipestone minnesota for the wow. ICF nationals and then back from pipestone to, to houston so I don't, I don't think many people have done anything like that because that was that was a really fun trip and experience for sure um, but yeah, not 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 a ton of stuff here in here in Texas to do. Um, so we, we did a lot of traveling, that's for sure.
2: Now, Ryan, I've I've done the trip from Charlotte, North Carolina, to Minneapolis, and it's like twenty three hours. So I can't imagine how long it took you guys to drive from Minnesota all the way back to Houston.
7: Oh yeah, it was it was scary. I remember going up going up through the mountains. I think my dad said we're we're never going to do that again. But <laughs> in our in our motorhome towing the trailer, we were doing like ten mile an hour full throttle. Oh. Of the mountains, kind it. So, I I hated him for waking me up during that, but it was it was a cool experience. Uh, but yeah, just it was it was crazy. Yeah, Life, lifelong for sure.
1: Well, you, uh, yeah, because I mean, you and I met uh, through the go karts when you came to what was then tunica the national indoor cart championship uh was at the paul battle arena in tunica mississippi and then it we it, it got moved to batesville where it still is today um and you know i most of the dirt go-kart race bunch family you might say um it's almost like racing quarter midgets you just go from end to end of the country if you're really trying to chase the nationals and, and the big bucks now right oh yeah
7: just anywhere and everywhere. Got to go to the big races and, you know, find the, find the competition.
1: Where did you race late models? I mean, you said you won the, um, uh, which, which I'm glad you, because I uh, have my, my note sheet with you in, in front of me here, and I had forgotten to put that down, that you won the championship at Five Flags. But besides Five Flags, where did you race the, the late model? um i want to say it was mainly just
7: five flags um, we made that trip to pensacola a lot um there were a couple of double header weekends i believe in mobile um so we raced in mobile we raced at five flags um i think houston got uh hmp opened back up for a couple races but hmp was shut down basically as soon as we got into the late model and they didn't even run late models in houston so i ended up running a modified in houston for a little while for a for a guy locally which was really cool um, but as far as late models, I, it was just Five Flags. We made that trip down, you know, wow. once in a couple of weeks and raced there with, uh, you know, with all the guys at Five Flags. Needed
2: a second home there in Florida, <laughs> right there on the line, so oh, we yeah. could race there.
7: Yes, sir. I mean, we made a lot of friends. I, You know, I ended up staying with people there for, for weekends and stuff, so that was really cool. Um, but, yeah, there's, everything's East Coast, you know, as we know. Um, so it's, it's pretty tough for us being Texas-based.
1: Well, I, I, okay. So now you get up into the late models, and now uh, you're kind of at the crossroads, right? You said money kind of ran out, um, and you just hadn't been able to go any farther. Your goal, obviously, was NASCAR. Um, is that still something that you're trying to pursue? And is is the, uh, the the sim just kind of a way to keep your name out there somehow?
7: I I want to say I like honestly I I put it on the back burner, you know, and I got a uh, technician uh, degree, you know, in pest control. Um, so I, I kind of put it on the back burner for now. And then, with the way iRacing has been just kind of exploding this past you know year or two, yeah, it's like, oh wait, you know, this this can be an opportunity. Um, so so now it kind of I think it's rekindled a bit, you know, and I'm really seeing like, oh maybe there's a shot, and I, I definitely don't want to waste it. Um, yeah. so now it's kind of like you know the fire lit back. Back under me, um, and I'm just going to be doing everything I can to show the talent that I have. You know, I, I want to put it out there. I want to keep winning and doing well, um, and hopefully, just hopefully, this can somehow lead to some type of shot in real life because I, I know I can do it. I just need, the, I just need the opportunity.
2: What uh, group are you working with for your EcoCola series?
7: Um, so I got drafted by Williams Esports as my team. Um, as far as the series is concerned, and then we have a, a bigger kind of team through just iRacing that's not really shown on the broadcast, which is called Five Star Racing. Um, so I have a I, we have like three teammates in the series with me, so we all work together, you know, for mutual benefit, of course, just like in real life. Um, that it's just it's a huge team effort. There's four of us in the series, and I want to say there's probably 15 or so of us on the team, you know, just working together trying to. Quick and win these races on Tuesday night.
2: Now you said you were drafted by William. How much you know? Do you go back and forth with him on your day to day, you know, week to week races being part of his organization?
7: Um, not not too much. Oh, did I say William? I meant Williams. Like the it's the F one team. Okay. So um, I, I, I I stay in contact with them. Um, they they do they do some pretty cool promotional stuff. Um, I send them the replays, you know, and, and they'll make a nice recaps and stuff. Um, And I think it's really cool with Williams is no one sees Williams as like a NASCAR team, right? Um, So it's cool to put them up front on Tuesday nights and kind of give them some success on the NASCAR side of things.
1: It's an interesting uh, little crossover promotion isn't it i i hadn't thought about it until you (laughs) just until you just explained all that but i knew it was the f1 team but i hadn't thought about the fact that you were racing in a nascar pro league so that was that's a really different kind of uh bit of crossover promotion there to an audience that williams obviously probably wouldn't have a lot of if it weren't for that weren't for your your team in doing that so that's kind of cool um now you mentioned you you mentioned pest control so I know your dad owns a, a pest control business, so you're working for your dad right now, right? Doing, uh, doing pest control work during the day. That's kind of different.
7: Oh, yeah. It's a lot different. Um, I do really enjoy it. It's nice, you know, getting to meet new people and, you know, develop kind of a relationship with, with your customers. I, I really do enjoy that. Um, and it's nice, too, with it being a family business. If I if I need a Tuesday off to really stay home with the guys and last-minute wrench on a setup to get ready for a Tuesday, he allows me to do that, which is very nice. You know, it's a, it's a, nice, a nice boss. Uh, yeah, it's a nice thing. I wouldn't have it in many other places. So I, I do appreciate that. And it's nice to have a, you know, it's nice to have a flexible schedule for any anything that comes up.
1: What is the hardest of the uh, insects or rodents or bugs or whatever to kill? What is, what is the hardest work that you do with uh, the pest control there?
7: They are most definitely German roaches. They are so hard to get rid of. Um, They're a pretty big issue down here. Um, And it's not just a visit once and you're done. It's a, you have to go back every two weeks, you know, to to make sure they're done. A lot of companies don't even, don't even do it anymore because they're such a hassle. So as far as like getting rid of the bug, it's definitely German roaches. And then like the hardest work is definitely termite jobs because you have to, you have to dig a trench around the entire perimeter of the house, which definitely gets, Pretty physically taxing.
5: Wow. Um,
7: yeah. So, so termite jobs are, are are pretty tough work, especially in Houston with you know the hundred degree heat in the summer, and that's when termites are active. So, um, termite jobs are very very tough for sure.
1: Interesting. Well, that's uh, you know it's a different kind of a profession, but it's certainly one that's uh, going to be in demand always. I mean, that's not um, it. Uh, it is. I would think it is kind of one of those. Recession-proof industries because always gotta get rid of the bugs. Yeah, bugs don't uh, worry about whether uh, there's a recession. Yeah, going next time on
2: you're now. up in North Carolina, I got a crazy uh, carpenter bee infestation. You can help me out with too.
7: <laughs> yeah, especially with all this coronavirus going on, there's so many more people home. They're like, "Oh man, we got bugs," and we've just been <laughs> incredibly busy. You know, they're 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 home all day, and they're like, "Oh, no, I haven't seen this," and we've just been really, really busy. So. Yeah, definitely recession proof, especially in Houston with the heat. You know, the bugs are always trying to get inside, so it's a definitely definitely a good business to be into.
1: How warm is it down there now? I mean, are you guys in, in into the like 80s yet, or what? What What are the temperatures? Oh yeah, like? all right. Oh
7: yeah, it's it's 85 right now. I think we've already had a 90 degree day. I have I have a window unit in my room just to keep it cool in here. So it, it definitely gets hot very very quick.
1: Could have done it from outside and got a tan while you were uh, talking on the show here. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. so I I know that uh you want to give some shout-outs and some thanks to some folks who've helped you along the way and I'm going to make sure that I give you some time to do that. So we're going to do that right now before we let you go. Have at it, man.
7: All right, well, first of all, I want to thank thanks you all for having me on the show. I really do appreciate it. Um big thanks to my dad first and foremost. Um without him I wouldn't have had any of this racing experience. Um so thanks to my dad and family for everything that they've done done for me. Um, all the support they continue to dump support in what I'm doing. Um, Williams Esports, of course, for backing me. All the sponsors: Fnatic, BenQ, Chill Blast, everyone that's along that side of things. iRacing, of course, and everything they've done. iRacing with NASCAR to really push this esports side is is really beneficial to every one of us that have put in so much time to iRacing and trying to make it trying to make it sustainable for us and an opportunity in real life. So. Thanks thanks to everyone at NASCAR iRacing. Um, I just can't wait to see where things continue to go this year and next year.
1: Well, we're looking forward to staying in touch here. And It took us a while to to get you on, but uh, don't be a stranger. Come back, and uh, if you're up in North Carolina, pop in the studio. We'll do some TV together. Um, So uh, good luck the rest of the way in the series. Get you some more wins. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. That's Ryan Luzzo. We're going to step aside, back with more of the show in a moment.
6: At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat?
4: Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
7: Hi, I'm Jesse Love, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Leadwap presented by Victory Custom Trailers. And also want to uh, give a shout out to another member of our Race Chaser Media family. And that, of course, is mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. You can train to be an IT specialist in as little as four months, just a few times a week online or going to one of their seven campuses around the country, and we encourage you to take a look at that if you are looking for a changing career or maybe just uh, coming out of high school or college and you want um, your first career. IT is a growing field. There are over 2 million jobs unfilled right now in this country in that industry, and it's only going to keep growing, so... Uh, you always want to be ahead of the curve a little bit. You want to have skills that are in demand where the demand exceeds the supply of qualified employees. And there's, um, there is uh, a good example right there. So mycomputercareer.edu, it's not rocket science. It's my computer career training for a better life. And we continue with the show. We've got uh, Bryce Hildebrand coming up at the top of the hour. And, um, Bryce is a tire carrier for Chip Ganassi Racing, but he also owns Checkered Flag Bucking Bulls uh, and raises bulls for professional bull riding, which is a very unique combination. I don't think I know anybody else. There is
2: no combination quite like no, that.
1: I, I don't think I know anyone else. And uh, so it's it's interesting tonight. We've had a uh, a racer turned sim racer who also is a bug killer. And now we have a tire carrier for a NASCAR team who's also a bull Breeder, if you will, or razor—I don't know how you did I'm, say I that. I guess Developer. breeder. I'm not really breeder. sure. I don't know. He can
2: probably put us in our place. Yes,
1: yeah. He'll uh, he'll correct our terminology. And we have him on at the top of the hour. Looking forward to talking to to Bryce. Um, you know, we we look at this whole situation that's going on, and uh, for those of you watching us on WSIC TV, that uh, see me keep looking at my screen, it's because these days I feel. Um, compelled to keep an eye on Twitter because you just never know when the next announcement's going to be coming about some new track in the mix for the sh- first show back or, you know, an update on NASCAR's situation. Um, you uh, <clears throat> you talked to me about a a Jim Utter tweet that uh, happened during the break. I was trying to find it and I must not have scrolled down far enough, but um, it, it said something to the, well, I'll let you interpret it because you read it.
2: It said that NASCAR long-term tenured NASCAR and ISC employees were being asked if they would like early retirement with a buyout option,
1: and that's those with ten or more years in the company. Do I remember that you added that or no?
2: Uh no. That just okay. you just said okay. long-term tenure. Long-term oh, tenured tenured okay.
1: tenured long-term tenured employees are being offered a buyout option. Yes. Hmm.
2: Very interesting.
1: It is interesting. You know, we've talked for a while about the fact that. Um, NASCAR we we know that eventually NASCAR is going to be for sale. And I say that because NASCAR has been valuating the company for the last year or two. They took they took it private, ISC, and combined their two companies, just as SMI did with their financial end. Um, so it's, it would seem inevitable at this point. I think it's fair to say that there, there, there is a, a pretty good chance that you're going to see a sale at some point now. Um, when you look at something like this and you say, well, long tenured employees being offered a buyout, there's a, there's a couple things that could be going on in there. And again, I'm just explaining this from a. 10,000 foot overview as a business person, one, you're trying to cut payroll.
2: Which is probably first and foremost going on you, right now. You
1: know, and and it isn't necessarily that they're cutting all the positions. But if you've got somebody who's been there 10 years, had raises and such or whatever, you know, they're making X up here. And you can hire somebody new for the same job down here at this pay level. Right. So you're you're cutting payroll. Um but you're also leaning the company and making it more efficient. And you say, well, I wonder how much this has to do with what we've just gone through with 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 the shutdown. And I would the answer I would want to give my hunch would be nothing and everything. Um,
2: <laughs> nothing and everything. I like that.
1: <laughs> which which sounds like I'm covering all the bases, but it's because I would have thought that this probably would have been coming at some point anyway, um, when you get ready to sell a major corporation, oftentimes you want to trim, you know, the the. I hate to use the phrase trim the fat because it makes it sound like these people that that maybe in this situation with the company are expendable. And I don't mean to say they aren't doing a great job or aren't key people, but just to say that you want to try to get that that expense line down as much as you reasonably can and make the company more efficient from that standpoint. But you would have to think that the timing would probably be not a coincidence, given that NASCAR is in a situation suddenly where it really hasn't, it hasn't made any performance revenue or competition revenue in the last four or five weeks, right? $0 weeks, dollars, coming in for a month um, and a half. Right. And so, of course, you know, at that point now, and then you look and say, well, somehow we've, we, we're we trying to still race 36 races But we haven't had the revenue or the purse money or any sponsorship, maybe as much. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of sort of ciphering, deciphering, ciphering, as I call it, going on right now. And so this may be, you know, the timing of this is probably not coincidental. But I think the idea of it would have happened regardless.
2: No, I mean, for about the last year they've been talking about they're going to trim, you know, slim up some of the. Fat as the word you'll yeah. use, um, and try to kind of streamline some things. Yeah, um, and they've been bringing in a lot more younger, newer people well, into yes. the organization. But I have heard as of last, like you just said, they haven't brought any money. So I think that's kind of amped up. You know, some right. of their more non-essential people that they don't need to keep around. And you know, like Jim's tweet, you know, there may have been some people that were going to stay that maybe they can buy out and be cheaper, and it will help keep you know ten or fifteen. Lower-level guys, um, I heard that they were doing the same thing at Iowa Speedway, which they, they actually owned. That was not right. part of the ISC merger. Um, and Racing Electronics, which was part of the ISC merger.
1: Well, and see, the the other piece of the situation is that when they go back, and especially if they're going to run this midweek kind of thing that they're talking about, where you run Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, whatever, um it isn't that they're not going to need staff. They're going to probably, at least temporarily, hire more staff.
2: Yes, they'll probably have so to
1: bulk up. You're hoping, I think, maybe that you can free up some of that, you know, that that money to put toward that, uh, because they're going to need some extra hands in certain places, I would imagine, to pull the logistics off, because you. I mean, it's going to be crazy.
2: I'm sure a lot of it, they're doing some future forecasting, just trying to see, hey, June, July, August are going to be chaotic.
1: This is, it's a lot bigger of a deal right now, what's happening in our sport in general, than what a lot of people realize. It isn't just as simple as everything just kind of stops and everybody goes home for a month and takes a vacation and hangs out with the family. And it just sort of picks back up whenever it does. Not only do we have all of the scheduling logistics, but you know you've got teams that have been without payroll for a while, and and you know it's just it's a very complicated NASCAR. I don't think people realize how big and deep NASCAR itself is. How many different divisions of NASCAR there are in terms of departments, and you know, in and, and just the depth and the 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 width of of the NASCAR organization, and so it really does. When something like this happens, it's no different than any other major corporation. And in fact, being in the entertainment business, if you're not going to bring fans in for the first X number of races, if that's what happens, then again, the tracks are losing that revenue because unlike a short track, which may currently not have a pay-per-view model, but could go and start one. So in other words, they can still recoup some of that money, NASCAR already has a TV package. So they can't suddenly go, well, there's no fans. Now we got to charge for the broadcast.
2: Exactly. So, But they do get guaranteed cup money for those races when they are broadcast, and some of that does go to the tracks.
1: Correct. But it's still a, a net loss, and you're losing all yes. the concession income and whatever else, apparel.
2: Merchandise, yeah. yeah. It's be... so,
1: so, I mean, there's a lot of everybody... Within NASCAR and with the teams, everybody right now is looking at, okay, what is going to be, how is it going to look when we restart again? And how can we say, okay, we're going to lose money over here. How can we find some way to make some of that back? Um, you know, and so there's a lot, there's just a lot of stuff. It's really, really crazy and in a lot of the short tracks i mean my home track in new york the oswego speedway had two races scheduled in may the last two weekends they postponed those their season short as it is it only goes to labor day so um good you know the even the short tracks now are getting really hit hard by this and the longer some of these states stay on lockdown the tracks can't even i mean right now the the, the speedway office of oswego's closed you can't there there's just it's you know it's not essential so you can't you can't go um so it's um it's really been a crazy time here man and and it just as we talked about at the top of the show it just keeps getting more and more it's,
2: insane and more and more i saw kenny wallace tweeted today saying that a lot of dirt track owners were calling him up asking what to do because if they yeah. can't have fans how are they going to use these you know the fan money to have did he these, say? the bit there was about the big money races and how they were going to do that if they couldn't have fans or they couldn't get their sponsorships in place because they couldn't do all the races you know a lot of those races rely on those really big money purse yeah. races to get everybody in
1: and what did, what was Kenny's suggestion?
2: He just suggested that he was gonna open kind of like a forum with them all and talk oh. to them and, and and be willing to help them.
1: Yeah. In typical I mean,
2: Kenny Wallace Fashion, you know, he's willing to help all those guys, and that's good to see.
1: Kenny is absolutely one of the finest individuals you'll ever meet in the sport. He tells it like it is, uh, but he's just he he is a great ambassador, not just for NASCAR, but for dirt track and, and racing in general. We're gonna uh, step aside. When we come back, uh, we hope to have Bryce Hildebrand and uh, we're going to shoot the bull. No, we're not going to shoot the bull. We're going to talk bull. Um, and <laughs> we're going to talk about tires and all kinds of things. So stick with us. It's going to get interesting in our second hour. Be right back.
6: For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council.
7: Hi, this is Ty Ankrum, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Hi. Welcome back to Hour 2, We Lap keeps on rolling on the Performance Motorsports Network and WSIC Daystar TV 25.2 in the greater Charlotte area. Um, people have asked, how can we, how can we watch on TV in Charlotte? Simple, just get a cheap old digital antenna. That's all you need. 25.2 is where we are. It is a Daystar channel and, uh, you will see us and hear us, uh, just very well here from the studio. So, uh, Now tomorrow night on the tomorrow morning, I should say on the Inside Pass, Adam Stern from the Sports Business Journal is going to be on with Randy Miller and I. So that's 11 a.m. Eastern tomorrow morning on the Inside Pass. You can go to WSIC News on Facebook. We do a Facebook Live of that. We're on all of WSIC's radio and TV um, signals as well. We'll go to the Strutmasters.com hotline now. And uh, we will bring out Bryce Hildebrand. And I'm looking forward to uh, talking with you, Bryce, because I'm a storyteller and I love giving people the opportunity to share their stories. And I love stories that are different. And your story definitely strikes me as unique. Uh, First of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking some time to come on. Um, And before we get to, uh, before we get to, uh, bulls and conversation about bulls uh, give a little yeah. background for those in our audience about uh, how you kind of got connected into motorsports and uh, what brought you to chip ganassi to uh handle tires
0: okay um so i'm from oregon originally wow and uh, yeah yeah it's a long way and um my uh my grandma um and the driver at the time uh family owned a Winston West team back when it was called Winston West, oh, came me. in West town. Um, and, uh, I was a baseball player and, and I always was involved in racing, obviously. And, um, when, when my baseball career ended, um, because I had to have a, um, uh, career ending elbow surgery, Ouch. I, uh, I decided to move back here. Um, my uncle already moved back here and, um, I told my mom that if I if I didn't go nowhere with baseball, I was I was coming back here and I was working in racing and I had the I had the surgery and the rest is history. I've been back here uh since two thousand five. Um and and I've been pitting cars ever since. Uh two thousand six was my first year pitting cars. So
1: And take us through that sort of part of your career from oh six to now. How who did you start with? What were you doing, and and uh, kind of give us that that uh, timeline a little bit?
0: Um, so when I first started, I uh, my very I did some Arca stuff, um, right off the bat, um, and then I went straight from from Arca to um, I worked for for RWI, um, Rusty Wallace's deal. Okay. Uh, I worked there for. Uh, dude Um, three, two or three years, I, I believe it was. Um, and then uh, and then from there, I I did a little bit at Gerbain Racing, um, and and through the, kind of through the the Toyota deal, I guess. Um, I I got, or no, excuse me. Um, the coaches that the the coaches at Joe Gibbs Racing, um, started. Started training us at Rusty's, and that's um, I, I got down there to Gibbs, and I was at Gibbs for five or six years, I believe, and then uh, and then I, I ended up at, at Ganassi. Um, it was Larson's rookie year was my first year at Ganassi.
1: Okay, okay. So are you still on the forty two car then?
0: No, I uh, I actually don't carry tires full time for anybody anymore. Oh, um, the the farm deal is kind of taken taken over I, now i i coach um oh okay i, I, help, I help sean and, and and um i help sean pete and, and mike metcalf um with their their practices and stuff um nothing nothing too too official i don't have an office or anything but um i go down there and we, we work on the guys and um and then when when random things come up and they need carrier I, I dust off the old shoes and i go in i, I finished the year on um castane's truck last year trying to get him a championship came up a little short but but that's I, I i don't have time now with with um with all the bull stuff going on and and uh the farm i i, I just i couldn't do i couldn't juggle it both full, full time traveling 38 weeks a year
2: are you still handling the development stuff like with the arca series like you did for us bryce at brett yep. holmes the last two years
0: yep yep i yeah um we still do um we still
7: do two two or three arca stuff
0: and uh and i, I kind of help those guys in and that to be honest with you it's, it's a lot of fun um we uh it's fun to get fresh fresh faces in there that are really excited about doing it still and um it, it, it brought a whole new life to it actually uh, probably two or three years ago uh before I started doing that part of it um it was it was getting kind of it turned into a, a big job um it, but but now it, it's back fun again and um doing the developmental traveling with the, the developmental kids and stuff um it, it's a lot of fun it's it, uh it just brought whole new life to it
2: yeah, for those who are listening that may not realize, you know, NASCAR teams, especially the, the high level cup teams, they have what they call development teams. Uh Roush has it, Ganassi has it, Hendrick has it. And basically those guys are all, you know, backup cup guys, backup Xfinity guys, and they do ARCA deals full time, truck deals full time. And that was kind of what, you know, you were in charge of at Ganassi and did their their ARCA program and their truck program.
0: Yep. Yeah. We uh so um we all had um everybody like like you said, everybody had or everybody has developmental little screws, and you can practice those guys until they're blue in the face every day of the week. But really, what gets the guys better are those race reps. So, so we use we use the, Arca, the lower level series Arca um, truck to, to get those guys meaningful reps. Um, I mean, it's it's a whole different thing if you're coming down pit road um, running top five to to do a pit stop rather than sitting in the parking lot and doing un uncompetitive stops, so to speak. Doing hundreds so, upon hundreds
2: of stops a, a night like we had to, which a lot of people probably don't realize. Bryce and I actually went to the same pit crew school down here together. That's yeah. how, you know, okay, I've so known, that's how you guys met. I've known Bryce for okay. years, and uh, yeah, we would literally, before we got to do those type of development deals and those low-level deals, we would sit in a parking lot and do just <laughs> – Repetition after repetition. effort. Repetition effort. Wow. I mean, we do 10, 15, 20 stops a night.
0: In freezing cold weather. Man, I I remember how cold it was back then. Yeah, it wouldn't matter. I mean, if it was a
2: light mist or snow, we, we were doing it. Unless yeah. it was a downpour, we were doing it.
0: These these guys now, I mean, they, they got it kind of made. That the developmental guys through, through the big cup teams have it made with, um, with how easy they have it compared to how it was back then. A lot of we them
2: have it. indoor... Places and overhangs to practice under with yeah. heaters and everything, so they can practice in the off season.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it you would you would do a stop and run back and find the closest heater to try to warm your hands up because you had about three minutes before you had another stop. Wow! And those guys, those guys now, I mean, they it, they have it easy.
1: Now, how has it changed uh, from a coaching standpoint? Now that uh, once NASCAR went one man down over the wall. Um, How did that change the coaching part of it? And I mean, the pit stops from the, from a casual fan standpoint, the pit stops look pretty much the same, but I'm sure there was, I mean, everybody kind of gets a program built in their head for every step they're going to take and how they all work together. That had to change a little bit, at least with, um, with one last man.
0: So that's actually huge um i remember so so we were doing pit stops um originally when it was still seven guys um and it it was a big big deal when they took away the catch can guy um because the catch can guy used to do the adjustments and stuff and 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 we all thought that that was a big change when we went from seven to six um in the in the 2000s um yeah Um, I think it was, it might've been early 2010 or something. Um, but, uh, but then what, three years ago when they changed, um, when they changed and then, and then everything kind of, but, but the whole choreography of the deal didn't really change as much as it did three years ago when they went, when they dropped the tire care. I mean, pit stops are literally evolving every single day now. Um, I know we are, and I'm sure everybody else is constantly looking at how to do it a little bit better because it's still new. Um, a big change like that is is um, is huge. I mean, it, you you have to change everything. I mean, it, there's been people that that uh, the carrier comes around the front of the car. There's there's people that carrier still comes around the back of the car. Um, the carrier is having to to um, Carry a wrench in his mouth now, because he has two tires in his hands. Sometimes um, there, there's still the sometimes the front tire changer uh, carries out that right side tire. Um, I mean, there's so many different opportunity or not opportunities. There's so many different ways of doing the stop that nobody knows what the perfect stop is yet. So, so they're all chasing those tenth pretty much. Um and uh and so it it I mean it's changing. We changed um we changed in probably mid to late year last year about how we did it. And I know that that we're still looking at any any small advantage that you can find is gonna help with how competitive the cars are now up front. Um you need you need all the help you can get on pit road. So so we're it's constant constantly we're trying to figure out um
1: i can only imagine yeah i can only imagine what that's like okay we're gonna uh ask you to hold on just for a moment Bryce, and uh we'll pick you up around the turn we got to step aside and let you all hear about this
0: It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force.
2: Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to the WSIC studios in Statesville, North Carolina. We are just uh, hanging out, and this is the Weed Lap Show. We're talking motorsports as uh, the first of five shows that Race Chaser Media does over the course of four days. Two of them are podcasts. Uh, We'll tell you more about that uh, in a moment and who's coming up on the shows this week. But uh, right now, we're going to go back to the Strutmasters.com phone line and speak with... Um, Bryce Hildebrand, and Bryce, we've been talking about your work in the sport and that has evolved from tires into basically a pit coach, I guess it would be called, right? Uh, But you started um, another business a while back, and I want to talk about this. First of all, your, your business is Checkered Flag bucking bulls correct yep yep how, how does one who is in nascar and is from oregon uh kind of randomly decide hey i think i'm going to start a business growing bulls
0: <laughs> yeah um <laughs> so and that that stems back from when i was still in oregon um i worked on a cutting horse ranch uh when i was still in school in high school um and we got our hay from um a guy family that was a rider in the PBR which is the professional bull riders association yeah uh, um and i always thought it was really cool and and that the animals are just amazing athletes i always thought it was really cool so um when I got back here and kind of made a, a little bit of a name for myself and, and saved up some money. Um, I decided it was actually, um, eight years ago today, I bought an embryo, um, that was put in a cow and, uh, that's kind of started it all. Um, so it was uh, just a, a fantasy turned reality pretty much. Um, and, and that embryo ended up at, as a two year old going to, To Vegas to do the finals to the ABBI finals, uh, American Bucking Bull Incorporated finals, Um, and that's kind of. Ever since then, I was like, "Dang, this is this is pretty cool." And we started started with that one embryo, um, and now we're up to uh, probably thirty head total. um, Wow, fifteen mom cows, and uh, we're we're growing our or raising raising our own. As well as is buying more to, to stay competitive, we actually uh, were in event, um, a nationwide event last weekend or two weekends ago, excuse me, and uh, we finished um, one one of our bulls finished 25th in the nation. Um, I know it doesn't sound a lot, but but we're competing against people with hundreds of heads, and and we have 30 total, not even mama cows. So
1: now what? What is that competition like? What are you scored upon? How does that work when you say you finish 25th based on what?
0: Okay, so um, competition bulls uh, from yearlings, which is a year old and 2 year old, um, are bucked with what is called a dummy, and it's a little box uh, that weighs anywhere between, depends on what association you're bucking in or, or who's organizing the event somewhere between 10 and and 22 pounds. Um, And it's on a remote and uh, bulls buck for um, four or six seconds. Um, And there's judges. And what they're judging, there's there's usually three judges. um, And what they're judging is uh, kick, which is extension of the back leg, um, spin, which is obviously spin, um, buck, which is how high they get in the front end, and then intensity, which is just that how intense that they're out is is what you call it when they leave the bucking chute. How intense that is, That's and crazy. at four, four or six seconds, that remote the the judge with the remote clicks it off, and then they're done bucking. Uh, it they just stop and and go back, and then the judges tally up. And it's, uh, the each judge is one to, um, one to 25. Usually, um, they're one to 25 and then there's four judges and then they take the, the two medium scores and that, and then that's your score out of a hundred.
1: How do you train a bull <laughs> for a competition like that?
0: So they're, they're creatures of habit um cattle are creatures of habit so when we're bucking them here at the house we're not going to necessarily buck them for the whole four or six seconds what we're going to do is as soon as they do something that we like we click the dummy off of them so then they remember next time they're in the shoot they go out and they do something say, say they turn back right there they go as soon as they as soon as the shoot opens they turn back and get into their spin you want to click the dummy off so then the next time they're bucking they're like hey last time i did it i turned back right there where vice versa if they don't turn back right there you leave it on them until they finally do turn and then hopefully it doesn't work all the time but hopefully they'll uh hopefully they'll remember that and that will become their new habit
1: that's insane (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's just insane. Have you ever been injured by one of your bulls?
0: Um, no, I haven't. I got I, we were we were bucking um yesterday, and I got some some poop in my eye. Um, that's, that's the most, that's well, the most that's, I've ever. Been
1: <laughs> that just sounds like a really stinky problem to have. It's right a real there. rancher's problem, oh, right yeah, there. Right. You
0: you have sure saw my brother. My brother looked like so. My brother was pulling gates, and he looked like he he dang hugged hugged a cow, and he had he had crap all over him. But he and he's actually been pinned down on the ground by one of them. Um, but but luckily I've I've been able to stay away from that.
1: It gives new meaning to the the phrase here's mud in your eye right uh totally new me yeah. here's yeah. poop in your eye wow okay how, how does one get uh that problem cleared up just jump in the shower and wait or, yeah yeah that's that's pretty much that's insane well it sounds like that keeps you plenty busy now between that and your your uh, pit crew coaching which are you spending more time doing right now
0: right now um I haven't been to the shop. Um, Well,
1: yeah. (laughs) I guess I shouldn't have said right now, but (laughs) these days before the virus, how is your balance of time between the two uh, endeavors?
0: (laughs) Um, So we, uh, I'd probably say close to 50-50, honestly. Um, I'm at the shop Monday through Wednesday, sometimes Thursday, um, until about lunchtime. And then I then I'll come home and I'll spend from from lunchtime to to dark out doing something. Either um, we also have uh, an LCID a, a stump dump. So people people that are clearing lots um, bring their stuff to to me, and uh, we're we're filling in a pasture to make it level. Um, so between the bulls and the cattle, and and trying to help help different contractors out. Um, I have a morning job and an afternoon job, pretty much. Wow, that's crazy!
2: Staying constantly busy.
0: Yeah, it's 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 crazy. When's Um, your
2: next uh, bull event?
0: We actually have one. um, We have an event Saturday. Uh, Another. So the ABBI right now is doing video events, Um, and and what what it is because you can't have people uh, a a gathering of people. um, Saturday morning, I'll get an email or a text, um, and they'll give me a code. Um, say it's, uh, like like the last one was V 15 was was my code. And what I have to do is I get a whiteboard, and I hang it on the front of the tube, and the video has to have that code in there at, at the front of the video and at the rear of the video, so they know that that out is... Is current and, and you can't you can't just take your best video ever and put it in. So so they'll they'll give us our code Saturday morning, and then we have until Saturday night at nine o'clock p.m. to submit um, our video. Wow! And the, yeah, it, it's actually very cool um, that they're able to do this. This is this is going to be the first one that's an actual ABVI event. Um, the the fir- that that first one was a sanctioned event. Um but but this one is gonna be a full fledged A B B I event. Um and it'll be the first one of its kind. So it's kinda like the kinda like the the virtual racing stuff that's going on right now. we we have bull bull events but um they're real bulls just judged virtually.
2: Wow. Eye bucking.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I bucking <laughs> well that's I mean, it's great that you can do it that way, right? Because that's a yet another competition that can still go on even in the situation that we're in.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean some of these some what of the these thought? trainers Yeah, exactly. Some of these trainers were were um were losing so much money because their their clients and such are paying money to to um, to go to events, and if there's no events, in turn, like me, nobody, no, you're not going to come buy a bull from me if there's no events because you, you can't take him anywhere. So you don't have all. You're doing is is throwing money away pretty much because you you have no shot at winning your money back. Interesting. So that's how video events have came up came up are you we're still able to enter our bulls and then compete and then the the people that the top whatever get checked still so it's actually very cool um that we're able to do this
1: that's really fascinating okay real quick Bryce, is there uh do you have a website or is there any way how can people uh check out checkered flag bucking bulls uh online anywhere
0: so we have um, we have uh, two Facebook pages. We got um, Checkered Flag Bucking Bulls and Checkered Flag Land and Cattle, um, and then our website is cflandingcattle.com. dot um, and and that's how you can stay stay up to date with us.
5: What's
1: that? And, or,
0: and- And there's Instagram, too, uh, checkered flag bucking bulls or something
1: like that. Just search checkered flag bucking bulls on Instagram. It'll come up. Um, Yeah. So CFLandandCattle.com is the website. Yep. Okay. And CF is uh, short for checkered flag. So for those of you uh, wanting to write that down, cflandandcattle.com. And then uh, checkered flag bucking bulls, checkered flag Land and cattle on Facebook. And just search Instagram and you'll find it as well. Bryce, thanks for coming on. That was fascinating. And uh, we'll have to keep up with that. Maybe uh, at some point once we open things up, we'll get you in here to talk from the studio a little bit.
0: Yeah, that would be great. And uh, maybe maybe we could do a deal where you guys came out here when we're having a buck day or something, and you can you can check it out for, firsthand.
1: I would love to. That would be fun. We'll stay in touch. And with that, we'll step aside back with more of Lee lap right after this.
0: Parents,
3: your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road.
1: HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert helmets, Schroep belts, Adidas suits and shoes, Olero fireproof underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even race com Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya.
7: Hi, this is John Androsic of
1: Five for Fighting,
7: here for Rad, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, becomes everybody's business so please plan ahead designate before you celebrate friends don't let friends drive
4: drunk a public service announcement brought to you by rad the national association of broadcasters and the ad council
0: hi this is spencer boyd and you're listening to race chaser radio now back to the show
1: So Spencer Boyd is going to be involved. Uh, Jordan Anderson, uh, every driver now has their own iRace or iRacing series or league or whatever. And uh, Thursday night, Jordan Anderson's having a big one that's worth over 10K in prizes. With
2: Austin Wayne Self. They're doing it together. With Austin
1: Wayne Self, yeah. Um, uh, The Icebox uh, League or something uh, similar. I'll try to find uh, Jordan's tweet about that in a minute. But uh, So Spencer going to be a part of that. That should be a lot of fun. Um, also from Twitter, Adam Stern about uh, half an hour ago said that Eddie Gossage from Texas Motor Speedway had confirmed to Mike Ducey of Fox 4, which I assume is somewhere in Texas, that he would recommend to uh, NASCAR to move its event at Texas to the June IndyCar weekend. And the quote here is, I would tell NASCAR that it's a logical place to plug it in because there's an economy of scale there. We can do everything we can to save money because you're bringing in two organizations. So it's cheaper for both because they're both on the same weekend.
2: A.K.A. Please give us a doubleheader.
1: Yes, uh, (laughs) it's 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 the perfect situation. Perfect storm. Perfect storm, shall we say. Um, Now, what's interesting about that is that it seems from that statement that I think NASCAR would, excuse me, would like to run a race in May if they can somewhere. But Texas, under that circumstance, um, stipulation would not be in May. It would be in June um, because it would be with IndyCar. So you would think then that maybe there could be possibly... A NASCAR race prior to Texas that you would go somewhere else in the month of May if you can.
2: And it sounds like it could possibly be Atlanta now. Well, the governor's because, order being re- the governor's going to start rescinding some of his orders on Friday for gyms, fitness centers, barbers, hairdressers, nail salons, massage therapists, uh, bowling alleys, estheticians, cosmetologists, and all of their related schools.
1: So, those of you in Georgia, um when did you say it was going to happen
2: friday the 24th
1: friday the 24th so that's in four that's the end of the week This coming friday those of you in georgia can get a haircut go bowling and then get a massage
2: all the things that tom really wants to do right now
1: well yeah actually they all, <laughs> <laughs> they all sound good although I haven't, I haven't bowled in so long that i'd probably end up throwing gunner balls half the uh
2: We'll but, get you the bumpers.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'd probably need them now. But yeah, it's it's great. So so Georgia now seems to be coming out of its shell a little bit. Um, Texas has already started. South Carolina's already started. Um, just with again very soft openings. So we'll see how this goes because this what what's going to happen here in the next week or so after we start seeing how those states react. Next week or two is going to be interesting because if if there's not significant bounce back in in cases um, of, you know, of the virus from these soft openings, then I would think you would see more states start Start to do the same thing. Absolutely. You know, even if it's even if it is part of the state and then the rest later, you know, New York, for example, the New York City area is not going anywhere anytime soon. Um
2: yeah, Western New York.
1: You know. Yeah, the upstate part of New York, the upper half of New York, um, you know, is that part is far less affected than New York City. People hear, you know, New York and think New York City. There's a whole big state that has nothing to do with the city. Um, and some of us in that, that that were born in that state would like to take a giant hacksaw to the city and just send it away. But that's a whole other show. Um, but it's. <laughs> and not because of the virus either, but it's, it's just, um, you know, it's a, it's a crazy situation right now. And again, everything's happening day by day, things change. So, uh, looking at this, it would seem like Texas may not be the first NASCAR race. If NASCAR is able to race somewhere in May, they'll probably go there first and then maybe they would go to Texas in June. I would think, See, I would think that would be the perfect time to start, but I hate to give up the month of May if I don't have to. Yeah,
2: don't give up the month of May you know? <laughs> yet. Yeah, not, not quite yet. But it, it sounds like you know we with with Florida saying, "Hey, come down to Homestead," yeah. and with Texas saying, "You know, you can race here," and maybe with Georgia now rescinding some of this stuff, we can go to Atlanta and make up that race. And then, you know, oh, by the way, Darlington's thrown their hat in. And then there's still hope for, you know, Coke 600 on Memorial Day.
1: And incidentally, I uh, it does not say here, but I'm assuming that race would still be without fans.
2: I would imagine so. Just
1: You know, again, speculation. Due to, but due to we the could number logical, of people
2: that would be there, yeah, you know, the first couple ones probably are definitely not yeah, going to have fans.
1: We could logically assume that that's a race without fans. So you'd have a NASCAR IndyCar doubleheader that would be a made-for-TV Type situation. Yeah.
2: Go- Governor Abbott of Texas did say that that Texas race would be without fans. Yeah. He already specified that in his press release earlier today. And
1: the interesting part of that is that I Gossage apparently had said a week or so ago that he wasn't interested in a race without fans. Yeah. But a couple excited. Weeks, weeks ago, he's excited. He did. Yeah. <laughs> Now he's like, <laughs> OK, quickly, well, let's you know, go. It's like, <laughs> um, so it's again, I, it's it's so hard for us as media because you want to you want to put information out there for people. But right now, we're hearing the same things that you all are. And so much of this really depends upon government, uh, you know, decisions that, you know, and it's and it's not federal and it's not even necessarily state, though some of it is. But you've got local municipalities that are going to have. Things to say so as down well. down
2: local mayors of, yeah. of cities. And, yeah, I mean, it's it, crazy. It can be anything.
1: So, uh, but Adam Stern broke that about, uh, well, it's now about 40 minutes ago, but uh, he'll be on, as I mentioned earlier, he's going to be on the inside pass uh, tomorrow morning at 11 Eastern from the studio with Randy Miller and I. Uh, so, we'll, we'll probably get more into depth about what Adam's hearing and, and kind of how all of this is really affecting the sport uh, from a NASCAR standpoint, anyway. And so that should be interesting. And then on Thursday, uh, we've we've got Motorsports Madness from the studio Thursday night at 7. Jacob Seelman, 7 to 7.30. We've got an open-wheel driver we're working on uh, to be on that show as well. One of the rising stars from the Midwest. And uh, then, um, you know, we've got another guest lined up for about 8 p.m., which will be um, hopefully – the gentleman from the Racing Warehouse the Racing here Warehouse. in Charlotte.
2: G- yep, Gastonia, North Carolina, Eric Lawson.
1: Yes, and that should be a lot of fun. Uh, again, we like to bring some different sides to our shows, different uh, people from across the industry, and the Racing Warehouse has just exploded business-wise over the last uh, period of time here. So really excited to, uh, to talk with him about that. And so we've also got two podcasts that we do each week, uh, mainly modifieds, which focuses on the NASCAR modified division, and also uh, New England racing. Kyle, Susan, and I that that will be out tomorrow night at seven on Race Chaser Media um, social media, and then uh, Wednesday night will be inside Groove, the Super Modified podcast. This last show that we just put out, Bentley Warren, one of the great legends of open wheel racing, was our guest, and trust me, it was a typical Bentley Warren interview. I laughed a lot. And uh, it was fun. Bentley's, um, Bentley started a few Indy 500s and such. And so he's, um, he's been an open wheel legend as, for as long as I can remember. He went to Indy in the early 70s but was winning in Supers in the 60s and uh, then had about two more chapters of his career after that and actually raced until he was about 72 years old. He's now seventy-nine and still riding his Harley cross-country, and he definitely looks the part—the bandana and the whole nine. So yards. he's
2: the red farmer of the modified world.
1: He is, yes, of the yes of the open world, and he is he is basically the modern-day Marlboro man. If you if you get to know Bentley Warren, he is, and in between all that. He started an enormously successful trucking business, and he's got the most successful saloon in the entire uh, state of Maine. It's called Bentley's Saloon, and it is a show place uh, and a destination for folks from across the country. He's got a big racing museum in there and everything. So that was a fun interview to do, and we're working on doing an inside groove show from the saloon in Maine a little bit later this year. So we're trying to, to get that put together. You all will... Uh, enjoy that. We want to do some video from there so to let you all in on exactly what goes on up there. It's a lot of fun. Um, okay, so we've got a few minutes left in, in this segment. And, you know, looking at this crazy schedule, I mean, you're, you're part of the ARCA series through Venturini Motorsports. What are you all hearing about ARCA? Anything? I mean, what are you being told about your particular series?
2: Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so we, just like, you know, all the NASCAR teams, we have, we have weekly meetings with all the series officials okay and so much of it changes on a daily basis that it it really all of our meetings change i mean it it's like you said earlier it, it's all the way down to the municipalities it's not just you know federal level or state level it's all the way down to these cities that we're going to and will they allow you know us to race and um and then a little you know bit different for us is our short tracks we have to have fans at the short track races you right know, where we can't go with nascar on a big weekend when they have the guaranteed tv money um you know we can do that at the michigans and the Chicago's of the world but we can't do it at the toledo speedways or the salem speedways right. in the world so a lot of it for us is what's nascar's schedule going to be and then what's ARCA's schedule going to be because they're going to try to continue to make it where arca is still racing with nascar as much as possible and then all of our standalone races won't you know, conflict with East race races or West races, so we can still do those. There's a lot of moving parts in the ARCA series because there's three separate series.
1: Are are they still intending to uh, run the entire ARCA schedule as far as you know right now?
2: As of right now, their intention and their goal is to run the full ARCA Menards series schedule, full East schedule, and full West schedule.
1: So now how many races have you lost so far?
2: Uh, so far we lost um, two uh, arca races and two uh east races
1: okay so two arca and two arca east and, and nascar is yet to run a wheel and modified tour event they've lost their first three um and right now the end of may i think it's the 27th 28th whatever it is the last very last saturday of may um it, they were scheduled, I believe, at Jennerstown in Pennsylvania. And that's still on the schedule for right now, as far as I know. Uh, we'll have more on Mainly Modifieds tomorrow morning with Kyle and That'll be out tomorrow night uh, on our uh, all of our podcast platforms. But um, last I knew, as of last week, I think uh, that was still on. So, boy, a lot of complications uh, with the schedules here. We'll talk more when we come back around the turn right after this.
6: Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back. This is our final segment of the evening, uh, final part of the show. And uh, gosh, it's it's been, I, I feel like uh, I was saying to Nick Monsher here, uh, our producer, that, you know, he and I talk about this stuff every week because we really want to, trying to get some clarity and all uh, all that ends up happening is that uh, I just feel more confused. I mean, when you think about having to schedule, not not just reschedule the cup races, but the Xfinity Series, the Truck Series, the Arca Series, the Modified Series, the Arca East, the Arca West. NASCAR um, European and, well, Series. Pinties, yeah. <laughs> NASCAR Pinty Series in Canada uh, because Canada's been on a lockdown as well. And I think they're... I want to say theirs goes into July. Now, there's
2: just pretty long, you know,
1: whether or not uh, the prime minister backs that off or not is is a, a different matter. But as of right now, they're yeah, they're down for a while. So um, it's going to be again, you know, every day. That's why I keep staring at Twitter, because it, it's it's been one of those cases the last few weeks. It could be nine thirty at night, and something breaks, and and you know somebody figures out something or whatever. But uh, and that's even uh, with the whole Texas thing we announced in the last segment. Um, these these pieces and parts are moving, and conversations are going on all day long. So it's um, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like it, this also is going to carry over into what we do in twenty one. Absolutely, because I think that the intent. Was that NASCAR, when they came out with the twenty-one schedule for Cup, it would be you—you'd see some sort of real um, surprises, I guess, or some real differences, some, new wrinkles, some change, That's different what everybody's tracks. been asking for. But I feel like now with the with the way this is all going, regardless of whether we get a full season in in twenty, the time that would normally be st- be starting to be spent now on figuring out 21 because we're we would be uh, about four months right now almost into the 20 season have we not had the stoppage now all that time is being spent trying to figure out 20
2: yeah well i mean steve phelps the beginning of the year said we hope to have the 2021 schedule out sometime in april closer to May. And he's already said, yeah, let's focus on 2020 for right now.
1: That's what I'm saying. So I feel like what's going on, we already saw that they backed off on the Gen 7 car until 22 um, because obviously they're losing all kinds of test time. So they're not going to try to bring it out until they know that everything's where they want it to be. So they're going to debut that in 22. Um, You'll see a lot of testing as soon as this year can get restarted. You'll start seeing more testing probably. And then uh, they'll carry that into 21, but they're not going to run anything with it until uh, 22. But now I think you're actually going to see the 21 schedule be a little bit less bold and creative because, you know, they're spending all this time just trying to figure out 2020. And so because of that, I feel like some of the tracks that we were all so hoping like a Nashville you know, or in Iowa on the cup schedule, you know, some of those tracks, maybe an Eldora Xfinity race, perhaps. Um, I feel like some of that is not going to happen until at least 22, which would be even more interesting if you think about it, Nick, because you'd be doing some of that for the first time
2: with the new car. With the new car. Yeah. I mean, I don't, and I don't know how, you know, their testing obviously is going to have to be pushed back. For the new car, because once we do go back racing, if we're doing Wednesdays and Sundays and Wednesdays and Sundays, well, that's where true. in the world are we going to put a test? Yeah. So, um I think.
1: But you got all next year now. You got all next year, that. but I
2: think everything is just so dynamic in in just so many moving it really parts. Is. It's just like nobody really knows, you know, until until we we do know for sure. I mean, well,
1: and the next thing is that you start to talk about, and again, we're 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 going through this for all of you because we we want you to understand kind of how all this the depth of this and how all this works. The next thing you got to talk about is how does sponsorship for the 2020 season get affected by the fact that we've had all these races down. Yes. You can go back and make them up. Um, You can put them somewhere later in the year or whatever. But if, if my company is sponsoring that race and I had all the plans in place to fly myself and X number of other people, you know, to the race on this date and now it's pushed back four months, maybe I can't do that. How does that affect my you know, my appetite to say, hey, I'm gonna pull out, we'll try this again in twenty one or whatever.
2: And and also what what happens if the company that was sponsoring your car or your race was affected, you know, drastically by well you know, COVID and they were shut down yes. and they had to close or whatever they did and I mean, heck, we see the oil companies right now are just absolutely bottom oh, of the barrel. Gosh. No pun intended. You so
1: know, and those of you who are I've seen a lot of a lot of people on social media, those of you who are celebrating this this event with with the oil prices being all time low. Um, you shouldn't be because I understand the argument that, well, the oil companies have been raking in bazillions and profits for the last however many years. I get it. But there's employees involved here and the oil companies are not just going to, you know, deplete their profits and go bankrupt or whatever. Um, you know, without a without the employees taking a hit. So um, it's good that we have low gas prices right now. But again, from the business point of view, you don't want it to hang around like that too long. So hopefully it doesn't. Um, You know, it's the the financial we're now, excuse me, starting to see the financial after effect of what this virus and the subsequent shutdown is starting to do. You yes. know, um, and it's 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 a domino. It's just a very difficult situation. Um, baseball, obviously, trying to figure out uh, now. They're I, I just this Justin that baseball is now looking to maybe be a three state league with Arizona, Florida, and Texas. Texas is emerging as the new uh, favorite yeah. spot. Everybody come everything. to Texas. Governor yeah. Abbott wants you. Yeah, um, you know, and, and uh, so there may be three states where you can, you you can go play professional baseball. Uh, football still says they're starting on time. The draft is being done remotely. Um,
2: that'll be interesting
1: yeah for the first time that's um uh actually i think that i think it's this week actually or next week i'm not sure um but the nfl draft is coming up uh so basketball hockey, still waiting to resume hockey's got their playoffs that haven't happened yet um so there's just all this stuff that's going on and when you are a sport like racing or one of these other sports we're talking about it's not just flip a light switch and go there's so many people, so many, so much logistics, so so many things that need to be in place. And so what we're what we're what we're learning here is maybe in the big boy world there are some ways to do things differently than we ever could have imagined because of this. In other words, a lot of jobs can be done from home, and maybe some of them should stay that way in some situations. But with the sports world you've got to be on site to have a live event.
2: Got to be there. Got to be hands-on. Got to be involved.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't just, so it, you know, this is really for me a, a very interesting thing to watch, but it's also getting harder and harder because as you and I are both involved in the industry, um, you know, I'm happy we can keep doing shows. I thank God every day for the supporters who still, you know, who keep us going here. Um, and but but I feel bad for every everybody that's not getting paid right now that that's sitting home waiting. And I'm hoping, again, that Governor Cooper will understand how big of a part of North Carolina's industry uh, and, and overall financial um, well-being NASCAR and the teams are. And um, I'm hoping that uh, he'll. He'll make NASCAR essential at least uh, in the next 10 days if he goes ahead and extends the um, the, the lockdown. But I'm, I'm hoping he just doesn't uh, because for, for me, I think it's time to at least have a soft opening in Carolina, similar to what we're seeing in Georgia and Texas.
2: And I think that's probably going to be the best way for all these states to kind of come back from this. It, like you yeah. said, it's not a light switch. You can't just nope. go in and flip it on, no matter if it's sports or the state. And, uh, you know, I think what what they're doing in Georgia is probably a good rollout. If that works, you'll see a lot more states do something similar.
1: And this just in on Twitter. See, again, this is why I watch Twitter through these whole shows now. Uh, Eddie Gossage, the mayor of Fort Worth, is on board with the idea of the IndyCar NASCAR doubleheader in June at Texas. Mayor Betsy Price's tweet um, that says, We look forward to making this happen and bringing NASCAR back to Texas Motor Speedway. So, um, well... (laughs) <laughs> we we have, we have the
2: full support of everyone in texas apparently. Yeah,
1: apparently all of the key people in texas that it would take to allow nascar and indycar to converge to hold this event even without fans uh that they're on board and so who knows i mean best bet uh, if it looks like right now best bet would either to be run to would be either to try to get a race together at atlanta or at Darlington or at um, Homestead as of right now, if we're going to run in May and then maybe Charlotte again, depending on what Cooper does. And then you could go to Texas um, v- Martinsville seems like they're going to have to put it off a while. Cause right now that's June 10th. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe it, it could be sometime later in June or whatever, who knows, but it's just a crazy, crazy thing. We're going to try to keep uh Keep you as up to date as we can. Uh, of course, uh, tune in tomorrow morning for the Inside Pass uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern. Just go to the Race Chaser Media Facebook page, um, the uh, the Facebook Live will be up there, or WSIC News on Facebook as well. Uh, Randy Miller and I will be joined by Adam Stern from the Sports Business Journal. And everything that we just said in the last hour on this show will probably be completely outdated by then. So
2: <laughs> and he'll be the man to tell you that.
1: <laughs> exactly. So we'll tell you the latest. Uh, so until then, uh, we uh, thank you for tuning in tonight. Thanks to Victory Custom Trailers, Strutmasters.com, and MyComputerCareer.edu are family members who keep us going here and uh thanks to everybody from wsic as well until tomorrow morning on the inside pass i'm tom baker for nick moncher thank you for tuning in and we wish you a safe week see you tomorrow morning good night you've been listening to lead lap radio powered by
0: hms motorsport the leaders in motorsport safety you can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of the show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.